When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Champagne showers. That's the nothing personal word of the day for this second day of January, 2024. Happy New Year, welcome back. I missed you all way more than you missed me, I would imagine. Coco, who is sick as a dog and posting today, both, that's a double entendre. He's producing the show as he always does, otherwise there wouldn't be a show. And he's sick. So Coco, thank you, and I hope you feel better. As for everybody else, I hope you made it through the holidays safely, happily, and you're ready to roll because we are ready. And we are starting with all of these different double entendres, champagne showers as in New Year's, New Year's Eve, clubhouse, locker room, celebration, champagne, midnight, fireworks, and we're going right to Charlotte. Not because it's Coca's second place in the United States, but because they have an owner that continues to put our ownership group further and further down the list on those owners despised. I never really agreed with being on that list because of the ring that we have, but if you are living in Charlotte or you are a fan of the NFL, you've been talking about David Tepper and it's not good. It should be all playoffs. We should be talking about teams who've been eliminated, teams clinching scenarios for week 18. The fact that the Eagles could lose the division, the fact that the Dolphins could lose the division, the fact that we don't know exactly what's gonna be with Jordan Love and the Packers and I couldn't be rooting more for Jordan Love and the Packers to do well so Aaron Rodgers can stick it. But instead, we are leading off the year and we went back and forth because there's about 25 stories. We cut three hours of the show today worth of stories that we could talk about. And we settled on David Tepper because I can't believe the video that I saw. For those of you living under a rock, which I don't think any of you are, by the way, do you notice Coca? Uh, I did something today, quick side note. You all know how I dress in the morning and I don't mean left sock first, right sock second. I have a row of blazers and I have a row of shirts and I take from the left of the blazers and the shirts and that's what I wear. At the end of recording, I put it to the right and I move every down. This current blazer was actually in the three hole. The shirt was the one hole, but the blazer was in the three hole. But the reason I wanted to wear it is for those paying attention to the opening of our show, yes, indeed, this is the opening blazer. And I just wanted to start the year fresh, feeling good, feeling happy, some surprises in store for nothing personal. This coming year, we are gonna keep going, hopefully more ways to watch us and see us and engage with us. DavidSampsonPodcast.com, the holiday sale will continue through the end of this week. I'm not sure what holiday, maybe you're buying for Martin Luther King Day or President's Week, but DavidSampsonPodcast.com, get your merch. 
I got a delivery coca, the no chance toilet pants and the horse hockey stuff, which is selling along with the diamond logo as our top three sellers. It is great stuff, coca. So I was wearing it all break. And it's funny watching people, what's no chance toilet pants? Well, let me tell you. So I've got a no chance toilet pants right off the bat to start the year. And I can mix it with wait to see, which is something we've been doing for 959 episodes. Because David Tepper, who showered somebody with what I doubt was champagne, it could have been water, maybe vodka, maybe a pina colada if he could escape. But either way, he did something that you are not allowed to do. Look at this video. If you're on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, where we're live at 8 a.m., you're seeing a video of Tepper in an owner's box taking a drink in Jacksonville after getting embarrassed, of course, as a team, and throwing the drink. Now, when you throw a drink, this is what I thought at first. And I don't know if we can freeze frame it, Coca. But my thought was, I've thrown a drink in disgust. I've thrown a drink by accident where you trip and a drink spills. I've seen in the movies where you throw a drink on somebody when they do something you don't want them to do. I've thrown salt over my shoulder. But I looked at this video like it was the Zabruder film. And I can't figure out any other explanation other than he actually was throwing the drink at somebody. So then I said, fair enough. It's his right, his team. If he wants to throw it at someone in the owner's box, I think it's horrible, but it's his owner's box. The way it works when you're a visiting team, you get your own box and you're not sitting next to civilians or fans. You get every ticket to your box. So if you've got someone as an example, one time at Bandcamp, our owner, Jeffrey Laurie invited somebody to a game and they wore a Mets jersey in City Field. If I were drinking at the time, I would have thrown a drink at this person because that is absolutely unacceptable. That's drink throw worthy. As a matter of fact, anybody in your box, it's on limits. When I was, uh, how old was I, Coca? 18, when I started dating the mother of my children, uh, the person I was married to for 29 years. And uh, her father was the doctor for the Brewers. And so that's how I first met Bud Selig. And I would go to the owner's suite at County Stadium. And I was told, do not talk to Bud. Not allowed to talk to him. That, those were the rules of the baseball game. He was an angry owner. He would pace back and forth, smoking his cigars and yelling at umpires, etc. No shrugging of the shoulders that I ever saw. But the rule was don't talk to him. And if it's your box, your rules. You're the owner. But there's another corollary. You do not get into it with fans. They can say anything they want. You stink. Your team stinks. Your mother stinks. You're short. They can do anything. You may not engage. Hard stop. It's like Fight Club. There's only one rule. So Tepper couldn't have violated that. So I'm looking at the video. He didn't throw it at somebody in his box because as Coca so perfectly pointed out, there was no one directly in front of Tepper. The people were on the side and he threw it straight, which led to it going outside of the owner's box because like in many stadiums, the 
actual seating where fans are can go right up to the owner's box where you are literally within inches of a fan, but you're separated by a little concrete, sometimes by nothing at all. There are baseball stadiums where the owner can sit at the suite level outside of a suite and you're literally next to the people in the suite next to you. And you're just told, don't sit there. I once sat there with Rob Manford. I'm not looking at me, Louie. And someone was heckling him and he couldn't do a thing, but step back inside the suite. David Tepper didn't do that. He took his team after their 26, nothing loss in Jacksonville. And he decided that his disgust was such the heckling, whatever it was, that he was going to take it into his own hands, exhibit his frustration, show his passion for the game. Well, I've got a message for you, David Tepper. Unlike all of your contractors who you don't pay, unlike your practice facilities, which you don't finish, unlike your team, which doesn't win, much like all the coaches you pay not to coach because you fire them all, there is only one thing that I know for sure on this Tuesday, January 2nd, is that David Tepper is going to be fined significantly by Roger Goodell. And it's gonna come really quickly. There's no hearing, there's no appeals process, there's no evidentiary hearing. There is Roger Goodell saying, no, we cannot have this. How much is one drink worth? Well, unlike players where what you find them is actually delineated inside the collective bargaining agreement, and there are specific limits to what you can find. So if a player is doing something you don't like and you can only find him 500 bucks, he gives you the 500 bucks in cash and keeps doing it. Not very effective. But within owners, commissioner to owners, it's unlimited, baby. It's sort of at the discretion of the commissioner who's at the pleasure of the owners. So how is it the commissioners ever fine owners? The reason is that the owners who are fined are fined for things where the commissioner does not lose votes for re-election or votes for bonus. And there is no owner who is going to stand up and call Roger Goodell, well, I guess, or sit down and say, Raj, give him a break. His team stinks. No one will back Tepper. Everyone will come down on the side of fine him. So wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. And we keep track all throughout the year. There's actually a document on davidsampsonpodcast.com. And if we're wrong, we revisit it. If we're right, we revisit it. Either way, you'll hear from me again on this subject. The official first wait to see of 2024 is that David Tepper is going to be fined at least $500,000, thereby making it the single most expensive drink in the history of alcohol. There was a great opportunity for the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy named Shad Khan, you know him, because he's the one who we thought was moving his team to London, instead moved partially to London. Now he's looking for a bill yin dollars in the latest field of schemes to redo the stadium up in Jacksonville. Well, it's I, that's funny. When I lived in Miami, I said up in Jacksonville. It's now down in Jacksonville. The Jaguars 
absolutely fumbled, not surprisingly, their opportunity to say something publicly about what happened and to back their fans. Instead, the best they could come up with was no comment. We spend hours on nothing personal, digesting people's comments, interpreting, explaining when there should be comments, when there shouldn't be, when there are what they should be and what they shouldn't be, or if there shouldn't be at all. Well, in this case, the Jaguars choosing to do a no comment is an early candidate for missed opportunity of the year. Very early candidate. What Shad Khan should have said is, owner or not, this is about our fans. And our fans have an expectation to come watch our team play an opponent in safety, in comfort, 3-8-69. In safety, in comfort, and most of all, dry. The only showers that our fans should ever experience are from the sky. And I don't mean the sky box. Shad Khan could have said that. He could have said outrageous that David Tepper would do that or unfortunate. Instead, he gives you a no comment. You know what? What a loser. All of them. The whole situation. And it would be a candidate for the worst quote, non-quote, for the worst action in the NFL this past week. But it's not. Even though it led her show and it led the year, just because champagne showers is a great alliteration. What's going on in Denver is way better, at least for me. Because schadenfreude, which you know is one of my favorite expressions, not shirtworthy, but an expression nonetheless, happiness at the misfortune of others. I just admit it. Everyone else feels it, but no one admits it. Do I root against other teams? Yes. Do I still? Yes. Players who I traded, do I want them not to be good? Yeah. The Denver Broncos made a trade for Russell Wilson. They just didn't trade away picks. They traded away players and picks and then did something that is from the Dave Dombrowski school of Dontrell Willis, which is let's extend a guy before we even live with a guy. The Denver Broncos gave Russell Wilson a contract, not a Deshaun Watson contract, don't get me wrong, but damn close. Because they expected, amongst much fanfare and courtside seats for the Denver Nuggets games, and much to do about where he was going to live and the house he was buying, and how amazing it was, that how embracing Russell Wilson and his wife, I'm going to get it wrong, Sierra, how they are pillars of the community, and how they're embracing Denver, and He's so excited. I love you, Seattle, but I'm re ready to move on where I'm appreciated. And it turns out he stinks. And the Broncos had a real problem. And all of it stems from the collective bargaining agreement. All of it stems from dead cap money. Because when you guarantee a player at signing a certain amount of money, even in football, that player gets the money by hook or by crook, by incompletion or by touchdown pass by torn ACL or by not even a chipped tooth. Guarantee is guarantee, guaranteed. But there are things you do within these contracts 
where there is an entire cottage industry of people hired in the front office for teams who help you understand when you can release a player when you can't, when you should trade a player when you can't, how it impacts your cap, and then your dead cap. And there's an entire list of which teams have how much in dead cap space. Dead cap space is a synonym for wasted money. That's all it is. Money paid to players who are not performing is wasted money. It's way worse than paying money to players who perform badly because they're at least taking up minutes or innings or snaps. But there are rules about when to release a player and when not to and how that impacts you. So the Denver Broncos are in a position where they know that they have an opportunity to release Russell Wilson and minimize, though it's still gargantuan, minimize the cap hit on this absolute nightmare of a trade signing player. But here's the catch. The benefit that they would have in releasing Russell Wilson disappears if Russell Wilson is injured. When we don't want a player to get injured, there is a very simple thing we do. We don't play him. We don't pinch run him. We don't let him face one batter as a pitcher. We don't give him one at bat. We don't let him get to the field for a half inning, a quick defensive replacement. If we know we're sending out a player after a game, we tell the manager, no, he may not play. Because if we know we're sending him out, which is different from sending out a player after a bad outing, or because there was an injury to someone else and you have to do some roster management. When you know you're sending out a player, the reason you don't pl play him that game is that if he gets hurt, he has to go on the injured list of the major league team and therefore he gets paid at the major league rate and accrues service time. The concept in the NFL is not dissimilar. In this case, if Russell Wilson were to get hurt while playing, it would get in the way of maximum flexibility for the Broncos to do something with Wilson, which I fully expect them to do. All of this is fine. I would have no complaints about it whatsoever. Until Sean Payton opened up his mouth. Sean Payton, that great coach who said that Nathaniel Hackett was the worst coach ever and the, he's gonna be the difference and now they're gonna play hard and the Broncos have had time management issues, timeout issues, winning issues. They're not going to be in the playoffs. Anything other than saying disaster is the wrong adjective to use for the Broncos season, both on and off the field. But Sean Payton would not acknowledge the truth. Instead, when he announced that Russell Wilson would not play this week, the final week of the season with the Broncos having already been eliminated, a meaningless game. He said that Russell Wilson lost his starting job, wait for it, to Jarrett Stidham. I hope I'm saying it right, Coco. We didn't go over that before the show. They have a home game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And Peyton said this was a decision strictly based on winning and to get a spark offensively. Horse hockey. 
the definition of horse hockey. What, they want to win week 18 after they've been eliminated? They believe that their quarterback, Russell Wilson, doesn't give them the best chance to win, but instead Jarrett does? As though we're all idiots and don't know the financial ramifications? As though they're insulting our intelligence by not telling us the truth. We don't want him to get hurt. We're not playing him. Or you could just not play him. There's nothing that says what we have to do. We'll, we'll announce our starting quarterback when we're supposed to. But we don't need to give you an explanation when we have a pitcher who's unavailable or a pitcher who is available. We don't have to do that. The Broncos made a very big deal switching out quarterbacks. So then, what are you saying to me, Coca? Oh, they did win game 16? They won week 16. Yeah, but so what? Oh, you're saying if it's based on winning, then why exactly? Oh, the game, okay. Let me do that again then, Coca. Thank you. I got it wrong. Thank you for correcting me. All right, wipe it. 248-69. Week 18, they're playing at the Las Vegas Raiders. The game that I'm talking about is the game against the Los Angeles Chargers, which the Broncos did win, which shows you that the quarterback change they made was really all about winning. Would you give me a break? Seriously. Russell Wilson had something to say about it, and all he said is, I want to be able to play. I want to be able to help this team win. I know every time I step on the field, it's a physical game. I never play timid. I never play scared. And he's talking because something else came out while we were on break. That the Broncos may have, not confirmed, may have approached Russell Wilson about changing language in his contract about an injury guarantee. As in the guarantee that he gets if he's injured and the impact it has upon the release. And Russell Wilson said, no thanks. I'd rather not rework my contract. And you'd fully expect me to come out against the player here, but you'd be wrong. There is no reason for players to ever rework their contracts. And I'm more than happy to have players say no if I want to amend a player contract, as long as players don't come up to me and ask me to amend the contract when things are going well. What's good for the goose seems fine for the gander. Don't come to me because you're hitting 400, because I know you're not gonna come to me when you're hitting 100. Russell Wilson may or may not have been asked by the Broncos. Have I ever asked a player to rework a contract? Yes, once prior to acquiring the player. We asked Jeff Conine before we acquired him to please rework his contract. And we simply said the following, if you don't agree to what we're asking, we are not going to trade for you. It's that simple. Every team has the right to say that and every player has the right to say no. So I don't begrudge the Broncos and I don't begrudge Wilson. What I begrudge is the way in which they did it. If you go to your player to ask for the injury guarantee change, does that mean that you wanna win games and he gives you the best chance to win, but you don't wanna risk that he gets hurt because you're afraid that if he gets hurt, it ruins your plans, but yet, 
you don't want to bench him because that hurts your opportunity to win and you really want to win? Well, that can't be it because now you're saying we want to win, which is why we're making the change. But if he'd agreed to change his contract, I wonder whether Sean Payton would have said that our best chance to win is with Russell Wilson. Imagine that. The whole situation is embarrassing. They're only so happy that David Tepper did what he did, or else everybody would be talking solely about Russell Wilson and the Broncos and what an absolute nightmare it's been. So here, because it's our show and we can talk whatever we want, we talked about both. There you go, Roger. That's 24 minutes of NFL and not one mention of the playoffs. Ha ha. You know we'll get to it. All right, how about our first break of the year? I am so ahead of movies because I watched a movie every day during the break and didn't review any. So I have a backup, my list, my cup runneth over. It's my favorite time of year where there's all these nominees that I have to watch. The Golden Globes are this Sunday. Quite excited about that. I'm going to start with a review of Maestro. And then we are going to answer one of your questions in our now famous So You Want to Talk to Samson segment. So you may want to stick around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Matthew Coca. Thank you so much. What you did for us this past year, keep doing it, but more. Tell more friends. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Go to our website. Thank you for all the merch you're buying, but more importantly, for the numbers, the downloads, the millions and millions of hours that you give us each year. It is humbling, and we appreciate it. And believe me, we don't take it for granted. We work hard making sure that you are informed and educated and are able to look at topics and interesting things, not just from the standpoint of a gas bag who doesn't know anything about anything, but from someone who's been in the room, someone who's done a few things. I wanna go right to a movie review because we also review a movie every day and it usually comes after the break. Bradley Cooper directed and stars in a movie that I heard of only about, uh, was it a year ago, eight months ago, when everyone was up in arms that he had a prosthetic nose to be a big nose because he plays a character named Leonard Bernstein, who happens to be a real person. Not, I mean, he's passed away. One of the most famous composers and conductors of all time. You've heard his music even if you don't know it. Because when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. From your first cigarette to your last dying day. The movie Maestro, stars Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein in a big nose. I didn't view that as an anti-Semitic trope. I viewed it as getting into character. It's like if you need to be a certain way to represent a real person you're playing, then be that. It's totally fine. And I feel like I'm okay saying that, not just because I'm Jewish, but either way, 
Characters are characters. But that's not the point of Maestro. The point of Maestro is the performance that Bradley Cooper gives with Carrie Mulligan. The point of Maestro is the cinematography, the production design, the screenplay, the direction, the acting, the story. I've known a lot of artists in my time and a lot of athletes, and they do all have one thing in common. They're all just a little bit cray-cray. And I believe that the level of brilliance is correlated directly with the level of cray-cray. The movie gives great detail about, it's not a biopic, it's not his life from birth to death. It's really a movie about the relationship he had with his wife. It's about the relationship he had with his kids. It's about the relationship he had with his music. And as you know, with me, I'm a relationship guy. I'm a connections guy. And I felt it. Bradley Cooper gave an amazing performance and I was imagining the fact that he both wrote it, directed it, starred in it. He's come a long way from Wedding Crashers. Maestro is the name of the movie. If you wanna learn about Leonard Bernstein, watch the movie. If you don't wanna learn about Leonard Bernstein, watch the movie. All right, Coca, play me some music. You know what I want? <laughs> I wanna talk to Samson. It's so good. So you wanna talk to Samson. Someone asked over the break on uh, David P. Sampson on Twitter, where you can reach me, or maybe it was davidsampsonpodcast.com. Someone asked whether we have the rights to the sound from Half-Baked or anything from the movie Half-Baked. And when I say to be 69% baked or six-ninths baked when you watch Half-Baked, no, we don't pay a dollar. Zero. Come get me, baby. Come on, Shappy. So the character's name is Samson. Ask me a question, wherever you want. And here it is. Does FSU getting crushed validate the CFP? The Orange Bowl was a joke. That's the whole question. And it's a perfect intro into a topic I wanted to cover. Because I was on a plane during the CFP games yesterday where Michigan beat Alabama 27-20 and Washington beat Texas 37-31. The good news is that having pulled into where I live at about 12.30 a.m., there was no way I was going to sleep because I had my first show at 7 a.m. this morning and I had to unpack fully, laundry, I had to run the dishwasher, clean up, put everything away. I don't know if everybody does that when they get home from travel, but now it looks as though I never went anywhere which is how I like it. Then I set up new lights, which I didn't do a good job of, a new camera stand, which I didn't do a, new, a great job of. I watched an amazing documentary in the middle of the night. But I also had a chance to watch the two games, but I watched them in a way where I really focused on the end of the game, but I sort of fast forwarded through it because it was being rebroadcast. So I watched the end of the Michigan game, very cool though I was not rooting for Michigan to win because I'm a Badger. But it got me thinking about the biggest story in college football this past season has not been Jim Harbaugh, which it should be because he's been suspended twice. He is absolutely without morals. He is responsible for everything that goes on at Michigan. He knows about everything that goes on at Michigan. And yet he has his team in its first championship game since the playoffs started. 
The story is not about Washington beating Texas, joining the Big Ten, all of the crazy realignment, the fact that the Pac-12 has totally disappeared, and now they're the Pac-2. The story, to me, has been about Florida State missing the Final Four. That's what I call it, CFP after an undefeated season in a power conference and how Senator Scott of Florida and Governor DeSantis and certain other people who have a camera and a microphone have lost their minds. The explanation given was not good enough that there were diff it's a different team without their quarterback injuries changed it. I thought that was a ridiculous explanation. There's no reason to give it. They've given it several times. You're a committee, you make decisions, that's it. People can bitch and moan all they want. There's no lawsuits. People can file lawsuits. They can, Congress can say, we're gonna do an investigation. It's so ridiculous. If you're a Seminole fan, I'm sorry. Don't turn it off. But Florida State got to go to the Orange Bowl, which is played at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Gardens. And they played Georgia and they lost by three score in the biggest blowout in bowl history, 63 to three. And the irony of course, is the team that played Georgia was not really FSU. I guess I could call it FSU light. 23 players from their roster chose not to play. They opted out. 14 of the 23 because they were transferring. And we're going to do something later on, I think, Coca, about the transfer portal and how NIL did what, exactly what we told you it would do. It led to full college free agency. And now everybody's complaining about full college free agency. You can't complain about paying the players or not paying the players and then complain about the result when it was the most obvious result. So yeah, the transfer portal is crazy. And by the way, that impacts people in high school. Something maybe that you would call an unintended consequence. I have a, uh, a good friend, actually was one of the two best men at my wedding. His son has an opportunity to play division one football. He's now a going into uh, senior year of high school. He's a second semester junior being recruited everywhere. And all the big schools have said the same thing to him. We love that you're six feet or 300 pounds, whatever you are. We love how good you are. He's an offensive lineman. I mean, we're talking everyone from Saban to Harbaugh, whoever. We can't really say anything right now because we got to wait for the portal. What they're saying is, we love you, high schooler, but if we can get a free agent, we'd rather take the free agent. So the impact of NIL and transfer portal is significant. Florida State's losing 14. Then you've got, well, I don't know if it's losing, they're in the portal. Nine are going to be drafted. That's pretty good. And they all chose not to play. If you are the commissioner of college football, and I'm pretending that there's one commissioner, and I don't wanna say it's the NCAA because that would be giving the NCAA way too much credit or power. If you're the commissioner of a conference, if you are a president of a network that pays great money for bowl games or for conference championships, et cetera, 
How do you feel about that Orange Bowl game? Blowouts happen. It, it's part of the game. Injuries happen, personnel changes, load management, all the things that we talk about through all the sports, the Sunday lineup in baseball, all these things happen. But what f- happened with Florida State, did you get the feeling that there were players who chose not to play because they were angry? Because the organization was so upset that they weren't in the CFP? Do you think for one hot second that 23 players would have missed the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl? Of course not. They simply were doing a silent, which has now turned quite loud, protest. The coach of Georgia, Kirby Smart, was less than happy. Absolutely, I don't blame him. Saying this has to get fixed and he's right. It's very unfortunate what a good football team and a good football program and they ha- they're in this position. It's no fun even when you win 63 to three. Do you think it's fun like for the Globetrotters to beat the generals every day? The fun is in the entertainment. If that were a real competition, it's why we always say in baseball, there's gotta be revenue sharing. You think that if there were only one Dodgers and the Dodgers went 162 and zero, is that fun? Maybe for a year, but on a consistent basis, you have to have competition. You have to have a level playing field to the best of the ability to have a level playing field. And when there's a problem, sort of like a scale, you make changes to make it more level, to make it more fair, because the competition is everything. Well, now we see in practice what happens when a team is angry, throws a tantrum, or loses players to portals and drafts. Either way, you're gonna hear a lot of suggestions coming up this week, things that can happen, things that we should do. Someone said, good idea, let's play the bowl games at the beginning of the year. Someone said, put bowl games in the middle of the year, do a break like an in-season tournament for bowl games. But then how do you account for teams that come on at the end? There's no perfect solution except one. Ready? If you don't play all eligible non-injured players in your bowl game, wait for it, you don't get paid. (gasps) Perish the thought. I like it. That would change everyone's equation. Don't get paid. We all have to work to get paid, don't we? We're paying these players. We're paying these universities. I think that they should only get paid when they're putting their best foot forward, much like we try to do every day at 8 a.m. All right, next part of the show. So we've been doing this now from the beginning. We have a word of the day. We have a movie review. We do as many so you want to talk to Samson's as there are questions, though you have so many questions, which are great. But if they don't fit with the show, we don't do it. We try to do a wait to see every day. We hit more than we miss on that. But something that we do every single day. Here comes the announcement. Nothing personal pick of the day. Brought to you by DraftKings. Well, We do a pick every day, sometimes two. I wanna explain what we're gonna do a little differently this year. We're gonna keep track of two things. When last year started, I promised you that I would finish the year above 500 with my picks, and I did. I finished the year 195 wins, 189 losses, 
and seven pushes. That's 195, 189, and seven. What I didn't talk much about was the money side. And that's a critical part of this because betting involves money. It involves risk and chance. And so to take it seriously, what we're gonna do is we are going to bet a unit. One unit is $10. So we are gonna keep track of the money this year and the record. So if we bet one unit on a game and we win, we win not the full $10 because in order to only risk losing $10, there's vigorous. So you may only win $9.10 as an example. Or if you bet an underdog, you can risk $10 and win $10.40. Coke is going to keep track according to the odds on DraftKings when I make the pick, not when the game goes off. Because as you know, sometimes I get lucky, sometimes I get unlucky with line movement, and sometimes it matters. Sometimes I can win or lose because of it. When we make a pick, I want to make sure I'm getting all the rules right. Hold on. Nothing personal with David Sampson. Blank page. No, but seriously, this is what we're doing. We're going to keep track of units and record. And I have a wait to see, which is now my second of this first show. The first one is David Tepper will be fined at least $500,000. The second wait to see is at the end of the year, when we make our final pick in December of 2024, God willing, we will not only have a record that is above 500, but we will also be up units. This year, or last, strike that, 2869. Last year, when I went 195 and 189, that's above 500, but I was down 20.34 units. That's not very good. And that can happen when you bet a big favorite in baseball where you're risking, you know, you lose the $10, but if you win it, you only win $3. So that's my wait to see, is we're gonna bet one unit per pick, and by the end of 2024, we'll be above 500 and up units. So it's time for our first pick of 2024. And I can think of no better way to start then with the sensation of the league, Victor Wembanyama, the guy who can go from midcourt and dunk the ball with one dribble, the guy who runs like a gazelle, has arms that look as though he can touch the floor from a ladder. And all of it means nothing because the Spurs still can't win. They're playing against a team that is a player on the team who is better than Zion Williamson, but can't seem to stay out of trouble, as well chronicled on this show over the past year, and his name is John Morant. What is indisputable, however, is that John Morant makes his team better on the court. Off the court, likely not. On the court, absolutely. The Grizzlies, who got off to a wicked bad start the first 25 games of the year that he was suspended for. There was that thing Coca do. I wanted to get video of that. His celebration where people thought he was shooting guns into the crowd or something. 
but then it was an actual celebration that they've all been doing for a long time. My message to you, John Morant, and I don't want to change who you are on the court. I'd love to help you change off the court. I'd love to help you make better decisions off the court. And it starts with who you surround yourself with. But try to avoid any self-inflicted issues. And that's a common theme in Nothing Personal, something that we talk about with our players, we talk about with executives, we talk about it all the time in our lives. Try to avoid in 2024 self-inflicted issues because enough comes at you that you don't expect, that you can't control. So John Morant doing a celebration that can even be mistaken for gun involvement, what's the upside? Why are you doing it? Find a different celebration. Do something else that'll be considered cool. Make it cool. You could make something up and you have that amount of credibility, that number of followers, that number of fans that you can create coolness. How about creating fun, wholesome coolness? God, I sound old and I don't mean to because it can be a celebration that I wouldn't do, but I just don't want it having any resemblance to your issues. What is indisputable, however, is that the Grizzlies are better with Jaw. They are giving 11 and a half points to the San Antonio Spurs tonight, January 2nd, and it's gonna be a blowout. We're gonna start our season with the Grizzlies giving 11 and a half to the Spurs. So for all of you, I wish a happy and healthy new year. I'm one of those people, Coco, where are you on this? Can you whisper in my ear? How, how many days into new year do you wish happy new year? I, if I haven't spoken to someone, I'll do happy new year through single digits. If I've spoken to you, then I obviously I do it once and then that's it. But if I haven't heard from you or we haven't spoken, I go till the end of January 9th. Single digits, I can still say, hey, hope you have a happy new year. But here on Nothing Personal, I don't need to say it again because you're hearing it today. I'm hopeful for this new year that it brings great prosperity for you often on the field, health above all. And Coca, a little note for you, zinc, soup, and sleep. And for the rest of you, we'll be back tomorrow live at 8 a.m. because it's just business. This is nothing personal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.